0: Because Jesus, Jesus is the reason for this season. And we thank and praise you, Lord. I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. We don't want to hear from a man. But we want to hear from God. And we receive it as God in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. So seeing beyond the natural. We must learn to be led by the Spirit of God. We must learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Everything is not what it looks like. And I've had many, many years to figure this thing out. Although you're not supposed to figure things out, just being honest with you. We all do it. And I found out that you must receive things by the Spirit, perceive things by the Spirit, not By how it comes at you in the natural. Even people. Even just everything. You have to know it by the spirit. And that's why God releases revelation. That's what it's all about. When I was thinking about this and it wasn't my choice. of never is my choice of stuff to preach. I really like preaching on faith. I really do. Because faith is always the order of the day and it will never go you can't do anything in this kingdom without faith everything comes to us by faith and this is one thing I, here I go I don't care it will surprise us but everything you have you got it by faith Amen. so when the devil tell you you don't have faith because when the Lord was showing me that I said well wait a minute I said if we get everything by faith then we must have faith but the devil will try to tell you you don't have faith that's how you got what you have you got it by faith amen everything that you got from god came by faith your job your promotion all that stuff came by faith now we understand that some things came through inheritance like when you were little it was your parents job to put a roof over your head that kind of stuff But when you got to be an adult and you got on your own, start living by faith, I mean, everything you have, you got it by way of faith. Amen. Amen. There's no other way to get anything from God. It must, the just shall live by faith. And when you became a Christian, you started to receive things by faith. Amen. And to me, that's so refreshing because the devil, has he tells everybody, you don't have faith. But you know we we need to start answering the devil back, telling him no. I got this by faith. No, I got. You see that car out there? I got that by faith. You know. And so <laughs> and so you have to talk to him. And this is one one thing the Lord was telling me in this season. This season of the end time army taking ground and taking position and standing, having done all stand standing uh, strong. In what God has told you. And he was, he was saying. People are going to have to believe. What they know. Believe what you know. Not what you see. In other words. The things that you've been taught. The foundation that you are on. Those foundational things. Those are the things that you have to grab and hold and stand on. Not what you see. Because the devil is tricky and he is trying to break people down in this end time that's what it's all about everywhere you look at the news you look at our president you see it you you just see it in the natural you see what the devil's trying to do if he can get you to quit doing what you're doing taking a stand for righteousness because you know if you can look and see what's behind the stand you know then you would understand better What's going on? And so he's taking a stand for some things that sound really outrageous. And it's funny, a few days after the anger dies down, you find out it's not as puffed up as what everybody, oh, he's going to stop welfare. He's going to, and it's all just a big blow up. So you can't go by what you hear, and you definitely cannot go by what you see. But you have to go by what you know. And, and if God puts somebody in a position, then they're going to do what God wants them to do. So that's what we know. So go by what you know. Go by what you've been taught. Stay on your foundation. And don't move, don't waver, and don't quit. Amen? Take a stand. And that's what taking taking ground. When you take ground, you take a stand. And you start fighting for God. Whatever's important for God, that's what you take a stand for. Amen? It's not all about what we want in our personal lives, but it's, also, about what God wants, what God wants to happen, if you don 't know, pray and ask him he 'll tell you, and then God gives us signs there's signs all around us, so we can get on the right road and be in, uh, in the right uh, arena where we can fight and focus that uh, target focus prayers and all of these things that God wants to see happen in this earth before Jesus comes back. We have, we have a part to play in that. And so I just wanted to let you know, I don't know, I got off what I was talking about, faith. It takes faith to, to stand in this end time. Because it's going to be so much stuff flying around, so many lies, so many things that look real and it's not. Because the devil, fix, he, he fixes things up. You know, he fi- you know what's that, what's that they're, they're saying? Um, collusion. You know, see that stuff is put together by the devil to look real, but it's not real. You, but you have to see past it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So in the end times, it's going to be a whole lot of stuff that you have to see what's really going on and not just look at what the devil is showing you because he'll show you anything. So you have to go by what you know, and this is what the Lord told me: go by what you know, not what you. Think of what you see, but go by what you know and stand on that. Amen. 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 So let's get back to seeing beyond the natural. If you want to fully cooperate with God in these last days, you'll have to go beyond what you know. And I did hit on that. And see in the natural and know things by the Spirit. You cannot engage in spiritual warfare unless... We live in the spirit. Amen. See, your natural man, your carnal man don't know how to fight cuz you know why? Because the natural man doesn't know what the issues are. So how can the natural man wage a good warfare when the natural man doesn't even know what the issues are? Doesn't even know who don't know who the enemy is? Shadow boxing. Amen. And so we cannot engage in spiritual warfare unless we live in the spirit realm. If we attempt warfare in the strength of our flesh, we'll get worn out. You can always tell, and I know I can always tell when I'm in the flesh because I get fed up and tired. And when you're waging a warfare in the spirit, you get stronger and stronger because in the spirit realm, there's strength and there's encouragement. There's power. And see, that power induces you to do more, to go further. It's like you go beyond the extra mile. You do more than expected. And that's what the spirit realm does for you. And so you cannot fight a warfare in the flesh. And see, because then you're you're fighting flesh and blood. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when we get worn out... We don't get stronger, we get weaker. But when you're in the spirit uh, realm and you're fighting a spiritual war, you get stronger. Amen. You become more alive. And we begin to see God's plan. The flesh gets worn out and mad every single time. So we must learn to pray through. Remember Roberts Laird and used to teach about praying it through. We we get there and we hold hands and we pray it through, you know. And I think he he learned that from Kenneth Hagin. You pray it through, and and what it is that they they would pray and pray until they felt this peace, yeah, or breakthrough. And when they reach that breaking through or that peace, where you know you just got that 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 calm, peaceful silence but you knew you had hit something in the spirit realm and when you got there you were satisfied amen you don't know what it was but you know something moved amen and so that's what's that 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 intercession is so wonderful and we don't get there much and if you admit the truth you'll say that because we don't attack things like that anymore we're just in the flesh You know, mad and fighting at things that don't even matter. You know, because the devil is in the spirit realm. I'll say that. you got to fight in the spirit realm. And the only way you can fight in the spirit realm is with spiritual weapons. They only work in the spirit realm. Amen. So there must be a hunger on the inside of you and a thirst to be filled with the power of God. And so we must hunger and thirst. I think it's in Matthew 5, 6. Let's go there. We all know it, but I still want to read it. Matthew 5, 6. And it talks about he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. And so God fills you with righteousness. He don't fill you with this flesh stuff. Flesh is not of God. He fills you with righteousness. Matthew 5, verse 6. It says, Blessed are those, oh, the Beatitudes. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. They are still filled, still blessed with justice. Now, how is justice going to have anything to do with righteousness? Because when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, instead of hunger and thirsting after getting somebody back for what they did to you, justice happens. When you thirst, it's like this. If somebody does something to you and you want to get them or whatever, tell them off, whatever it is. Instead of doing that, you hunger after righteousness, you do the righteous thing. And then justice comes. Are y'all here? Justice happens. Isn't that something? Amen. And this was the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said that blessed are the, are the peaceful for they will. What, let's just read it in verse 3. Well, let's go to verse 2. It says, Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Amen. The sons of God are the supreme peacemakers. You're either a son or you're a heathen. You've not been adopted and so it's good to be called a son. In verse 10 says blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And those that are loyal and the righteous people it says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And this and when you this blessing all of these the beatitudes they're permanent. These these blessings are permanent anything. They? Amen. They don't just jump on you and jump off because you make a few mistakes. They don't do that. They stay on you. You keep these things. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful. And so it's blessed are they. And God doesn't do that to people. Life in the spirit is a decision. It's not just a feeling or a vision that comes on you or something that, that's dramatic that happens to you. But it's a plain old decision about where and how you want to live your life. You can live your life however you want to live it. If you, so if you want to live in the spirit or live in the, in the fleshly realm, it's up to you. But it's a decision that you make about how you are going to live. Because there is life in the spirit. People don't think that there is life in the spirit. There is life in the spirit realm. Amen. And it's a better life than the life in the, in the natural. Let's go to Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> um, like I, I kind of like didn't bring my other Bible, but anyway, it says, "Therefore, there is now no more condemnation." Can somebody read it proper for those who are? In Christ Jesus, those who walk after the Spirit, not the flesh, you can't get it. You got it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Romans eight one. There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. Did it say a little bit? No. It said none. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not who do not walk according to the flesh. So there is no condemnation to those that don't walk in the flesh. So what does that mean? It mean, if you're in the flesh, you can get condemnation. That's just the way it is. But it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life. Now the spirit realm has a law. <coughs> just like there's laws in the natural on earth, there's laws in the spirit that have to be obeyed. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So we are free if you live in, in the in the spirit realm. Amen. Then there's no there's no law of sin and death for you. Amen. Verse 3 says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Amen. God did not. Wait a minute. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That's Jesus came in the likeness of For all those that say, well, he was Jesus. That's why he could tolerate the the cross. No, it hurt. Just like if they put me or you. I think that was the purpose of sending those other men up there with him because they were all equal on that, on, that, that, uh, on that cross. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the life of sin and death. And we are, it has, let's see, and the flesh, according to the flesh, uh, but according to the spirit, those who fulfill this walk in the spirit, it's been fulfilled. Yes. So when you, when you walk in the spirit, you, there is no law. Yes. There's no law against walking in the spirit. In other words, you're a free agent in the spirit realm. Yes. You don't have to stop at the stop signs. You don't do none of that stuff. You understand what I'm saying? There are no spiritual stop signs. There's none of that. When you walk in the Spirit, it's a, there is a freedom. Now, that's where there's freedom and liberty, in the Spirit realm. Because you don't have to deal with all this other stuff. Amen. Everything's bought and paid for. Everything according to the Spirit is free. For those who, verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. See? And and I'm going to tell you something else now in this uh, walk in the Spirit. You walk in love. When you walk in love, you pay the price. That's why everything's free. Does that that make sense? There's no law. There's no law against you when you walk in love. Amen. It doesn't matter what the other person is doing. Don't worry about them because they have to deal with God on their own. But when you walk in the Spirit, there's no law against you. Amen. Amen. And it's verse 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Isn't that something? Make you want to just go repent. And the good thing is when you repent, God just, he doesn't say, well, you start from point A. He doesn't do that. It's it's wiped clean and you keep moving. Amen. You just start from where you are and keep going. It says, but you are not in the flesh, verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. That's some good news. Amen. See, because the devil would tell you, you're the worst dog in the city. But if you got the spirit of God in you, you are not a, in the flesh. Something happened and pulled you over, pulled you out. But you repent, you get back in there, and you're back walking as a free citizen in the Spirit of God. The, 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 city, the city of the Spirit of God. You're a free citizen. Amen. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. It says, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. I didn't mean to go all, I just meant to read 3. Verse 3. He is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life see the spirit is life because of righteousness hallelujah but if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you amen praise god i'm glad i went i'm glad what is this what version is that King James. King James. Okay, that's good. I like that. All right. So that was really good. We learned a lot. So it's best. It's see. This is why we don't like walking in the spirit because it call. It's a lot. A lot of humility. But once you get used to giving over to the spirit realm and saying, you know what, God, I don't care. I'm just gonna humble myself cause you're humbling yourself toward as unto God, not man. See, really when you walk in the spirit, that takes man out of the equation. That's what I like about it. Man don't matter. It doesn't matter what he thinks. Doesn't matter what he's saying. All you can do is govern you. I govern me. You know? I'm responsible for me. There's a spiritual responsibility that we all have to God to walk in the spirit and we have to take that responsibility cuz God has put that responsibility on us not man and i regret all the years that i didn't walk in the spirit that i would get glimpses of the spirit i would get in and then come out because you know it was all, the devil's always going to have somebody picking and making you mad but what you have to do is learn how to stay in the spirit stay stable and strong in the spirit realm and that's your rear guard and then you that's righteousness and then you're it's accounted to you as righteousness for walking in the spirit not in the flesh amen not responding to everything that you see in the natural because things could be very different from what you think because let's tell you when when the devil gets your name address and phone number he gonna try to work you anyway that's how he operates amen and so this is what we we were taught early in the ministry get off that list remember that get your name off that list and, and mine would pop on there all the time back up and i would learn to tell the devil uh uh-uh, you forget my name address and my family history you forget everything about me. I don't have a history with you. You know, my history is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so you have to continue to walk in the Spirit. We war in the Spirit because we walk in the Spirit. Because, see, where you do your warfare is where you ought to live. Amen. But, see, we try to live in the natural realm and war in the Spirit realm. And that's why our, our um, spiritual arsenal is not as sharp or sh- it's not sharpened to the place where it will hit the bullseye because it's not consistent with our walk. Amen. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Amen. So you can be born again and live under condemnation because that's what the devil does to Christians. He, he don't want to mess with heathens. they already condemned. But he likes to keep Christians in condemnation. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go. Um, did we do? Oh, yeah, we read verse 7. Could you read that again for me, please? Verse 7 of Romans. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can we. Amen. Amen. So the carnal mind is the enemy of God. Amen. And so we will continually suffer from a sense of condemnation if we don't learn to live in the realm of the spirit. Because the carnal mind will keep you in the realm of the evil one. It just will. And so that's where all your trouble will come in. Because we don't walk in the spirit. I remember I used to teach on walking in the spirit years ago. Amen. And I just stopped. And I don't know why. And I was reading a book by Robert Slaird. And he said. One of his recent books. And he said God told him. Why you stop preaching about the spirit realm. He said you got to start back to preaching about the spirit realm. About life in the spirit. He said because that's where your victory is. Amen. I don't know is he preaching that. I don't even think he's preaching that. Uh, I didn't think so. But, the, he, but he said that out of his mouth. That he put it in a book, a recent one of his little thin recent books. He said, God told him, Why'd you quit preaching about life in the spirit? Because that's what built his ministry. That's what attracted me to him was life in the spirit, because I had never heard that before. But see, when you live in the spirit, everything is taken care of. You still got to go visit the spirit to try to get something from God. You might as well live there. Amen. And so I I thought about that. And I said, I remember preaching that in the late 90s, early 2000s, and I quit too. And I think that's a a teaching that people don't understand because they don't think it's possible to live in the spirit realm. But all you have to do is just stay in contact, just keep your relationship strong with God. Amen. Whenever you're strong with him, you're, you're not in the fleshly realm. You're in the spirit realm. Sometimes we're in the spirit realm and we don't know it. Amen, but when you're hit with the enemy and you may fluctuate a little bit or get mad or sulk or do whatever, but you get back into the realm where God is, amen, and just continue to walk after the spirit amen so how do you walk after something when you make a decision to you make a decision to go after it. That's called walking. When you walk in the spirit, you make a decision to go after God. Really, you who hunger and thirsting after righteousness. You go after God like a deer panting for water. When you do that, when you go after that, after God, you are making a decision to walk after Him, or walk in the spirit. So you go after the things of God all the way, not just part way. But all the way, allowing nothing to hinder or distract you. Distractions will deplete you and wear you out. That's what distractions are for. Distractions are so you won't walk in the spirit. Distractions are so you won't hear from God. Distractions are so you'll get over there where the devil is and then he'll pound you. That's what distractions are for. Amen? Because they wipe you out. They wear you out. But if you learn to flow with the Holy Ghost, you gain new strength. Because, see, the Holy Spirit just gives you new strength, new strength, new strength day after day. So I think we need to keep our relationship with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Keep your relationship with the Trinity strong. Amen. And you can't do that unless you're in the Spirit realm. Amen. You just can't do it. Learn to develop spiritual accountability and that's what I was trying to talk about earlier spiritual accountability by taking responsibility for our walk with God you know there was times when my walk was very weak and I know it and it was because I had you know what other things on my mind that I thought was so important other things but they weren't important and these things start to weaken you Amen. Weaken your walk. Weaken your talk. Where you start saying carnal stuff all the time and the word of God is not coming out of your mouth. You know. Spiritual accountability starts with the condition of your thinking. So in other words to walk in the spirit you have to renew your mind. Renewing of the mind will teach us how to, uh, to laugh at the devil instead of line up with his craziness. You laugh at the devil. Amen. So Romans twelve one, let's go there. I think I have chapter twelve. Yeah, verse one. It says, I beseech you therefore, and we all know this uh, scripture, but I'm gonna read it anyway. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And so in other words, you are the person that shows the world and show the people around you that living for God is not a hard thing. You're, the, In other words, you're the living proof. We are the living proof that walking uh, with God. And obeying God and doing his will and being an intercessor, praying out of the prayer manual, you're living proof. You're the proof that it can be done. Amen? Amen. We're the living proof that doing things God's way uh, pays off. You may have a spell where you don't know what's going on and you say, you know, well, God, you know, I don't know. You just don't know. But what you do in those times, you keep standing for what, just go back to the last place you were blessed and stand. You don't give in. Amen. You keep going. Do not pattern yourselves. Well, let's go to verse 2. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove, see you're living proof. Yeah. Prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So you're proving what the will of God is all about. Amen. We are proof. And that word transform means a new attitude. A new idea. It's like I thought it was this way and it's that way. I was listening to Kenneth Hagin a couple nights ago. He told a story about this guy. I, I can't remember. But ultimately what he was saying is that people try to make a doctrine on what they believe, even if it's not true. Amen. He was having a healing service and this lady wanted to be healed. And um, he asked her if she, well, let let me get, it's getting, this, this woman wanted to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She was a piano player. And she had uh, been playing this piano for 13 years. You know, the one that play in the background while people are up at the altar. And she had gone and, you know, watched people try to receive for years. And the people didn't know how to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit. They had them tearing and doing all of this stuff. He said he watched two guys work over this one man. (laughs) And they were spitting and fighting and clawing and doing everything he still didn't receive so they all three of them walked by him and he just let them do it he was a visitor in the the church and he finally said uh, when the the two guys came back they were disappointed and he said did you receive anything and he said no and he says he says do you all still want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they said well it's just not my time Because that's what the two guys told him, it's not my time. It was two guys trying to receive, one guy working them over. And he said, it's not my time. He said, well, he said if I can prove to you that it's your time, would you receive? And he said, well, yeah. You got your Bible? He said, no. (laughs) He told somebody, lend him a Bible. So he says, the uh, King James Version, is that okay? And he said, yeah, I guess so. So he told him to turn to Acts 2. And he had him read it. And when the, you know, when the Holy Ghost filled the room and everybody began to speak in a new tongue. And so he read it. He, he went through it. He said he took about 10 minutes and he read that. And he said, do you think you can do it? And he said, I'm, I'm ready. I've been ready all the time. So after he read that, he was ready. And then he got everybody uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Seven more people. So the lady was still playing the piano while these people were receiving and after the service was over she comes running up she says "No, minister Hagen he said you think I can receive that and he says sure and she's, he, she's, he says you got a bible she says, yeah back there on the piano she went and got her bible and she was telling him how she asked God she fasted for 21 days one time fasted two weeks one, thirteen 13 days I don't know why 13 one time And she had did all of these things, asking God for the baptism, and it never happened. And so he went through the same thing, read Acts 2, and went through that scripture with her. And he says, you think you're ready to receive? She said, yes. And she, you know, just received the Holy Spirit. And this is the one thing that was different. He laid hands on them. They weren't laying hands. And he says, he told that whole church, he says, you know what the, the, the difference with this and with, you know, cause people have read that scripture so many. He says, you receive by laying on the hands. See, cause that's the point of contact in his faith. And they were trying to do it with telling them, Terry, now Terry, you know, it's just so crazy. But when, but when the Holy Spirit, when God wants you to have something, it's done. I, it's a scripture that says all things. You know, you can receive all things or there's, um, let's see now, what is it? Because he gave that scripture. God can do all things. There's a scripture that says all things. I can't remember what it is, but it's not some things. And he was telling them that includes receiving the spirit. It receives healing. I mean, it means the same thing. There's nothing that God can't do. You know, there's any, nothing that God is impossible for him to do. He can do all things. And it said, he told the lady, it didn't mean all things except for tongues. And she said, yeah, it means all things. And so, you know, people just limit God. And there's people in churches that are leaders of the church don't know what they're doing. Amen. And so we need to, that's why we need to learn to walk in the spirit. Know God for yourself. You don't know him through another person. But you know him for yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's just what we have to do. And then once we know him, stay in contact with him and obey him. Amen. Amen. So we prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God by living it. So when you walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, you're proving to other people what the will of God is. His perfect will is for us to receive the fullness. His fullness. and He, don't want, he doesn't want partial. He wants to give us everything that we need. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, walking in the spirit means doing things God's way. Amen. And that's one thing people don't like about how that sounds. But God's way is the best way. Amen. We're to be hungering and thirsting after him. It's a blessed life. Amen. Not conforming yourselves to the worldly lust. So don't be a part of it. And that's what uh, verse 2 is telling us. But be changed. In other words, develop new ideas. Develop a new attitude. Develop new thinking. And learn to think like God thinks. Committing your ways to Him. Committing your ideas to To God. Amen. And putting the kingdom first. So that word conformed. Now this is something I just really want you to get. And this is when God was speaking this to me. uh, This is how I I decided that this is what he wanted me to to preach. He gave me the word conformed. And transformed. And that's how it started. And this is what he told me. He said the word transform means outside in. Conform means outside in, allowing yourself to be preserved, to be like them, or be like something else, or act like them, not be yourself. Amen. It's also that word conform means being like frozen in a time warp. Amen. And if you look that word up. It won't say that because I've always looked those, these words up. As you know, I look them up in, in Webster or wherever. But this is God's definition of conform. So that's why verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That the, the world is a godless system and he's saying do not allow yourself to be conformed. From the outside in. So see this is outside activity that tries to get on the inside of you. It's not coming from your heart. Not coming from your inner man. The word, amen. The word transform means inside out. When you are transformed, you are disciplined by a renewal agent. I love that. A renewal agent, which is the Holy Ghost. So you are transformed or disciplined by a renewal agent, the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're changed. Now that word renewal, he gave me the word renewal agent. And then that word renewal means renovation. So in other words, the Holy Spirit comes in and does a renovation on the inside of you. The old stuff is replaced with God's plan for your life. The old stuff is replaced with with God's plan for your life. Allow the word of God to change your thinking. Amen. And you will become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And begin to walk in the Spirit. So in other words, you see, that's what walking in the Spirit really is. It's being changed from the inside out. So your thinking changes, your mindset changes, and when that changes, there's a renewal that happens. You're renewed, amen, on the inside. And then your heart gets involved. Hallelujah. And then when that renewal or that renovation happens, the old stuff is replaced with God's plan. Allowing the word of God to change your thinking. And then you become sensitive to the Holy Spirit and begin to walk after the Spirit. See, that's why we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because we're not tuned in. We're not on his frequency, if I can say that. We're on the devil's frequency. And that's what that Mark Taylor was talking about. Being on the devil's frequency. Because we see it in the media, we see it everywhere, and that's what we're used to. But God says he is doing a new thing. He is doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? And he's doing a new thing because he wants people to be concerned about what he's doing, and he wants to change our lives. He can't change your life until he changes your inside. You got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind, your mind dis- determines the condition of your heart. And if your heart is not right, you won't think right. But when your heart is changed, then you start to change. Amen? You just do. You start to walk in the Spirit because you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost. It's like somebody might say something and you can take it one way, but then I can take it another because I could be sensitive or whoever is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And it may be different the way I hear it. Because I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? See, that's how we get our instructions from God. We get our instructions from God by being sensitive to that voice. Amen. But don't think the devil don't try to talk louder. Yeah, he does to all of us. Amen. And so you have to make a decision. That's why it's a decision that you make. And you're not doing it for other people. You're doing it for you. Amen. So the Holy Spirit and the Word always agree. Amen. The Word and the Spirit agree. And it renews you. It renovates your thinking. And that's what we need to do. And this is how you walk in the Spirit. You gotta get your heart changed. Your thinking, it starts with your thinking. You get your thinking changed. But you have to have, you have to have a submissive attitude. If your attitude is not submissive, you will never change how you think. Therefore, you will never walk in the Spirit. And you will never hear the voice of God and be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Everything will sound just like it comes at you. Amen. Whatever the devil's doing, it's going to look just like what he's doing. And you'll start to think the devil has the upper hand on God. And he doesn't. He's a defeated foe. Amen. So you... So we allow the renewal of our minds to happen with a radical decision. You must make the decision, amen. Why would I make the decision? Because you get tired of the devil slapping you around. That's why, amen. When when your mind is renewed, you uphold the will of God without defeat, without defeat. So we allow the renewal of our minds to happen. With this radical decision, you just make a decision. You're going to just walk. You take spiritual accountability for who you are. You know, you take uh, spiritual accountability for what you think and what you do. Amen. Okay, so let's go down to verse 9 of chapter 12. Uh oh, wait a minute. Okay. It says, let let love be without hypocrisy and abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Well you can't do that if with a mind wrong mindset. Only the mind of Christ. Ten, be kindly affectionate to one another, with brotherly love, with honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence. Reverence in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer, and distributing distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and be of the same mind. Toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things. But associate with the humble. In other words. Don't ever look down. Think you better than people. Because they got less than you. Because that doesn't mean that you're better. Amen. It just doesn't. Amen. Be of the same mind. Not coming down to their poverty mentality. But lift them up. To where you are. Amen. And set your mind on high things. And stop trying to figure out, you know, what other people are thinking. Because then you're getting into the occult. Just, you know, set up a shop and then you want to read minds and it's just not worth it. I mean, I know none of you do that, but there are people in the church that sit up and watch you. I was in a church where some woman was setting up just watching me instead of listening to the pastor. And I could tell she couldn't wait to say something to me. I got up and moved my seat. I don't want to. I don't want to hear from you. And God didn't didn't tell you to tell me nothing. You can see them plotting on you. It's trying to figure you out. See what you're thinking. It's just ridiculous. Amen. In fact, that happened at the conference. Remember that, y'all? Remember that? Going to give me a word, and I just moved away. I said, "No, you're not giving me a word." Then she got mad. It didn't come back. Like I don't care, because we don't need people like you in here anyway. Just, people are just crazy they're just crazy don't have nothing better to do than want to give me a word see she's watching me to see if I'm going to receive it and she didn't hear anything of the word didn't hear the word at all crazy our, our success in life and ministry depends on how we live our lives in the spirit in the spirit we cannot war unless we live in the spirit. We cannot have the right kind of relationships unless we live in the spirit amen hallelujah matthew twenty four thirty seven talks about the last days will be like the days of Noah if you want to write that down matthew twenty four thirty seven it says so as we are now or something like let's just go there and i I'll read Matthew. 24, says, so it will be in the days of Noah. 24, 37, I'm sorry. And it says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man will be. And what were they doing? Well, let's read 38, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving the marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark. So people gonna be people. They're gonna sin. They're gonna rebel rouse. Some will receive the Lord, but life is gonna be. But people are gonna be doing what they wanna do. Amen. God told Noah to build an ark for his safety. The ark is a symbol of our salvation and our life in the spirit realm. And so why did I do this scripture? Because he had to be in the spirit realm to hear God say build that ark. (laughs) So the ark is a symbol of our life in the spirit. Are y'all here? Amen. And so if God... Gives you some type of forewarning. You want to know. You want the forewarning. I bet you a lot of those people whose houses are burning in California wish they had had more for. Because they didn't think those houses were going to burn. Some of those places, now in that valley or whatever you call it, they're used to those brush fires every year. But some of those places, it burned. It never burned before. Never. And they wish they had had more time to move their stuff out. But they stayed until the last minute. Because they were doing what people do, amen. Doing what people do, and then the last at the last minute they ran, and so that's what this scripture is saying. The ark is a symbol of our salvation. I mean, a symbol of our spirit realm, because Noah was in the spirit when he heard God say, "Build an ark for twenty years." He took a stand. And people laughed at him, picked at him, did what they did, because none of them believed. Amen. So we are living in the last days and we need to be more aware of the inward happenings rather than the outward. Know know what's happening on the inside. Amen. Rather than the outward. And when something happens, we need to be able to turn inward and listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Learn to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. In our own understanding. Hallelujah. Praise God. We need to learn how to flow again with the Holy Spirit. We must stay in continual relationship with the Holy Spirit to hear his voice. Continue to, continue to succeed means continue to be led by the Spirit. When you're led by the Spirit, you're, you have nothing but success Amen. Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 3.1. If you'll turn there. He talked about old oh, foolish Galatians. And this is my last scripture. And he wrote that and I chose that scripture. Well, I didn't choose it. it was le- I was led to that scripture. Because Paul was telling those Galatians. He says, look. He says, you were walking in the spirit and doing good works. Listening to, the- to God. He saying, then you got stupid. And you stop following God and you start following after the flesh. Amen. It's in Galatians 3.1. It says, I won't read one. It says in verse 2, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Amen. We learn about the Holy Spirit by the hearing of faith. And then we turn over to the works of the law. Y'all see what I'm saying? And we can't do that. It's not good for us to do. In fact, that's going backwards. We want to steady forward. Steady forward. Don't, and see what they did. The Galatians went back into the Jewish law. Not, not under Abraham's faith. Because they were descendants of Abraham. And they were to receive the promise. Just like Abraham, but then they went back over to the Jewish law. Amen. And that's what God is saying. Don't go back over there. Amen. Stay with the spirit. Uh-huh. Stay with the hearing of faith that changes your heart and causes you to run after God. Amen. Don't be like the foolish Galatians. In other words, it, well, let me, let me just read number one. It says, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth. Do you see that word bewitched? That's witchcraft. And so God wants us to not be open for that. How do you not be open to that? By being in the spirit realm. Stay in the spirit Keep your mind in the spirit realm where God is. This is not a thing where you're walking on clouds. This is, the, this is where your heart and your mind is stationed. Amen. It's where your heart and your mind is stationed. This only, it says, and this, I I read verse 2, but I'm going to read it again. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, started in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Nope. Amen. And it says in verse 4, have you suffered so many things in vain? If needed, it was in vain. If indeed it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit, and I love that word supplies just right there. It says, therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He who supplies the Spirit does things by the Spirit. Not the work in the faith. And this is what Paul is saying. Amen. Verse 6 says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness, therefore know that only those who are in faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, Preach the gospel of Abraham before saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Wow. See, we don't have to do nothing for this. It's been paid for. I love it. It's already paid for. That's why I want to follow the Spirit. I know I don't walk in the Spirit all the time, but I'm repenting. I repented last night. I'm telling you. I did. And I said, God, I almost forgot about this. Not that I haven't been doing it, but I haven't been paying a lot of attention to what I was doing because things get old, but we shouldn't let them get old. They should always stay fresh in our minds and in our hearts. And so I, I'm not ashamed to admit wrong. I'll admit it. But I'm telling you, I, and that's why I didn't really want, I want to preach about faith. Let's preach about some faith. But, and most people don't preach about faith. But God, when I read, happened to get a hold of this book that told, um, Roberts, what you stop preaching, walk in life in the spirit for. There's life in the spirit. Why'd you do that? And I knew that that was for whoever preached it. You have to get back. You have to get back. Now's the season to get back to these, uh, foundational things. Cause that's what's gonna help us in these last cruel days. Just turn on the TV. It's cruel. We live in a cruel world. Amen. It says in verse 9, it says, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Some um, uh, Bible says faithful. uh, You are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's where we are. We want to be blessed with faithful Abraham. So don't go back to living out of your flesh. Like the Galatians did. But live by faith out of your spirit. Like Abraham did. It takes faith to live by the spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit is a gift. Amen. Holy Spirit is a gift. Amen. I just want to read one thing to you. And then I'm, I am finished. But I, I just said I want to read this to you. And it talks about developing spiritual accountability. And I talked a little bit about that. And being um, responsible for your spirituality, you have to be um, accountable for, let's see, for relationships. You have to be accountable for your relationship with God. It's just a lot. Um, It's a lot when you move away from it. It's not a lot when you're actually doing it. So I just want to read. It says uh, uh, the title of this little part is a divine relationship aborted, a divine relationship aborted. It says, "Let me give you an illustration of this, uh, of this from history. When Alexander, John Alexander Dowie, most of you should know who he is." Came from Australia to California. Marie Woodward Etter, you need to know who Mother Etter is. We, we taught, you know, we got taught about all these people in the, in the beginning of the ministry. So Marie Woodward Etter was traveling as a, a pioneer Pentecostal preacher. Mother Etter, as they called her, spoke in tongues and had the nine gifts of the Spirit, even before the great Azusa outpouring. So in other words, these people hadn't heard about this because it was before Azusa. Amen. So when Dowie came to California, he began to hold meetings in a hotel room and people started to get healed. His fame grew quickly here in America. At about this time, he heard reports of a little woman named Etter who was anointed of God. To preach and perform miracles, back then, women preachers didn't have much of a voice, but Mother Edder was a strong and unique, was strong and unique in everything that she did. She was a real pioneer. It was unusual for a woman Pentecostal preacher to have a 12,000-seat tent and travel around the country, and she had to be anointed to do that. In her meet- meetings, people would fall into trances. Remember those back in the day we learned about falling into trance. You don't hear about that too much anymore. But it says in her meetings, people would fall into trances. This generation doesn't know much about trances. But in her day, it was normal. Sinners and saints would fall, under the tra- fall into a trance and their physical man would freeze. While their spirit would be out moving with God in the realm of the spirit. God would give them a vision of heaven or hell or take them someplace and show them something. It happened in the Bible and it may happen again in your ministry at times, according to Acts 10.10. When someone falls into a trance, don't get nervous, just act normal because it's normal. So Dowie went back to one of mother So Dowie went to one of Mother Etter's meetings and sat in the back watching all the things that were happening. People were falling out, wailing and crying while she was up upon the stage doing her thing. Dowie just couldn't handle it. Afterwards, Dowie began to blast Etter from his pulpit. He accused her of operating under the influence of familiar spirits. That's what they all say when it's a woman. When it's a man, they don't say that. They say something else. But when it's a woman, that's what they say. It says, when when Sister Etta heard about Dowie's comments, she confronted him face to face. You had better quit making fun of my meeting, she said, because what is happening is of the Holy Ghost. She warned him. Amen. Dowie responded, well, I don't believe in all that falling down. Or in those trances. I think it's a bunch of emotionalism. I don't allow emotionalism in my meetings, and I guard against fan. fan what's that? Fantasticism. I guard against fantasism. Mother Eder responded, but, but I will allow the Holy Spirit to operate in my meetings. Dowie and Eder never became friends. One reason Dowie made the mistakes he made later in life he made later in life, if you look at it from a historical perspective, was because of his relationship that he aborted with Edder. Six or seven years before Dowie died, he made some very negative declarations. He thought he was Elijah. Remember that? Remember reading about it? he thought he was Elijah and built a great city. That God never called him to build. Jesus never said, Go ye and build a city. He said, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. According to Mark sixteen, fifteen. Dowie built a city because he was tired of overcoming the opposition that Chicago gave him. He was trying to do something to counteract the persecution as well as to help his ego. In other words, he built his little city like, uh, what do you call them people that do that? When you're in a little city. You know, like you build a fortress. A cult, yeah. So he built a city like a cult. You see how the devil got his mind? He was trying to keep her out. Keep the Holy Ghost. See, because it didn't look like the Holy Ghost. Didn't smell like the Holy Ghost. Didn't look like it. Didn't hit him the right way, so he gonna build him a city and lock her out. And the Holy Spirit wasn't in the city. It was in those strange doings that Mother Eddie, cause she was anointed. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So let's see where, I know, but the devil is something else. And then on top of that made him think he was somebody he wasn't. Cause see, when you start listening to him and follow, obeying him, he got some stuff for you. That you don't think, see now he, and and it's sad. When uh Roberts first opened up and talking about it, he said people were getting, Dowie was getting people healed. Because that was part of his ministry. Amen. So he went from that to thinking that he was Elijah and built a city that God told him not to build. Amen. So it says, the only person I know. About in history that could look Dowie in his eyes and say, Dowie, you're making a mistake with Mother Edder. people don't like correction. Because she was the only one that was bold enough and anointed enough to tell him, you're not right. This is not God. Amen. So he locked her out. This is so sad. I believe God had arranged for them to meet by divine appointment. At that time in California so that they could have a spiritual relationship that would benefit both of them. Um, Mother Eder could have learned how to have a stronger meetings because he had big meetings like Dowie because he packed them in by the thousands. They could have learned a lot from each other but the devil saw fit to cause discord in their very first meeting and split them up. The only person I know that could have uh, spoke beyond Dowie's anointing, beyond his fame and his strength was Mother Edder. Those around Dowie did not have strength or position in the spirit realm to speak to him. You have to have a ranking in the spirit to speak to some of the of God's people. He had that rank. She had that ranking. She had that position. She She had that anointing. She had that development of the spirit to understand things beyond the natural. She could have had, she could have said to Dowie, You're making a mistake here, but Dowie says she'll never preach in my city. Um, Well, after he died, she preached there in his city. (laughs) But they missed the relationship, they missed the connection. Because they could not overcome the natural and know each other by the Spirit. Amen. It's a good story. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So amen. We're done. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you.